Hello, everybody. Live from a brisk Sunday morning in Los Angeles. It is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as the Icons, and we're ready to get busy. Let's party. How you feeling today? Jazzy. I mean, I like the weather, a little overcast, but not too, not too hot, not too cold, not too wet, not too dry. Too dry, still too smoky for my taste. I would like a nice rain if I could, but unfortunately, they say it's going to be 96 degrees again come Tuesday. So thank you, global warming crisis. But there's another crisis brewing in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Friday night was supposed to be a coronation of LeBron James as an all-time Laker great, leading the Lakers to yet another championship another potential virtual celebration up Figueroa. Instead, Jimmy James Butler and his crew had other plans in mind. We got to talk about this straight off the top. What in the world is happening? The Lakers are undercover bums, folks. I'm going to just say it. I put it on Twitter. It made a lot of people mad. I know I'm a Salty Clippers fan. But if you watch them, they don't pass the eye test. The, the, the team outside of Rondo and LeBron James is totally and completely suspect. We watched some of the best basketball I've ever seen ever in my life for about a five-minute stretch when Jimmy Butler and LeBron James were going back and forth. And then (laughs) Danny Green and Markeith Morris got involved, and so did the sniper that seems to always put AD on the ground. (laughs) Have you ever seen a more free... (laughs) Have you ever seen a more fragile player than anthony davis there's been a lot of them but the thing of it is is that you just don't expect that out of a superstar you don't expect your superstar to lay on the floor you know it's like in a movie where you see your superhero get beat up you really don't feel it all the time you're like okay they got him but he's gonna come back i never felt like i got the comeback the comeback ass whooping that i was looking for (laughs) you (laughs) never whooped no ass hey buddy but but (laughs) thing is is his numbers (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, you broke your heart. You were he <laughs> But the thing is, is that his numbers said he's a monster. This is what's so tricky. His numbers are crazy. You know, he's a max player because his numbers are crazy. But when you watch the games, LeBron James just needed a little help. He put together those classic, insane LeBron James NBA Finals numbers. Something what do you got the numbers in front of you? Is it something he put up something 40, 12, 11, some stupid numbers. Yeah, I mean, I can look his numbers up, but it the numbers are insane. Just know that off the top. That this is just this is perverse. It's so dominant. I you I don't and I and now I'm convinced more than ever after watching that game that nobody gets you more wide open, nobody in the history of NBA basketball than LeBron James. It requires he requires so much attention and there's not much finesse in LeBron's game. He bullies people. And I actually like it when he bullies people, when he settles, that's the finesse component of his game for the jumper. He hit some big jumpers this time, but that's not I don't think that's his strongest uh, uh, play. What we saw was his strongest play is his defense and bringing four guys on the Miami Heat to him on the final play of the game. Four guys. Danny Green had time to make a cup of coffee, put on a smoking jacket. Uh, what else do you need to do from the top of the key? And you give me the pterodactyl? You give me the T-Rex? Yeah, but I still hear guys bashing LeBron for Danny Green not making the shot. They said, I heard a couple of pundits saying that he should have went up with the shot. He had three or four guys only. That's a terrible shot. Terrible shot. <laughs> they literally said, it was Norm Nixon, <laughs> it was Michael Cooper. They said that he should have went up. I was like, wow, really? Now I'm and I'm somebody Danny Green is wide open. Everybody on the court is wide open. Danny Green is being paid millions and millions of dollars to do this, and he's not doing it. And this hurt the team bad. I mean, to the point where they might literally end up in a bad way. They can end up in some bad trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And this is three threes that Danny Green missed in the last two minutes of the game or something like that. I mean, wide open looks. And he just couldn't get it done. This is a part I have. This is a problem I got, folks. LeBron gave a bunch of 40, 13, 7, and 3. Come on, man. Are you crazy? 40, 40, 13, 13, 7, and 3. In a a, a closeout game? Are you crazy? Those numbers are stupid. Wow. Crazy, man. The problem I got is this. There's a bunch of 
bums that are going to get rings because of LeBron James. There already has been some LeBron bums that have gotten rings for because of LeBron James. And it's just amazing to watch. More. Yeah, because it's either Heat and seven or LeBron's about to wrap him up. That kind of game that my question and my danger is, is that kind of game, that kind of game can do the wrong thing to the locker room because I can't imagine the Lakers feeling good because they actually had the game and they gave it up. And Jimmy Butler, we just can't say enough about Jimmy Butler. The attention has focused on Danny Green missing the shot and Markeith Morris subsequently throwing the ball away and whatnot. But as I spoke to some people off camera, let's talk about Frank Vogel. Why is Rajon Rondo not in on that last play? I just can't understand. He's well, shown you over is, and over. Is, and over. is there something wrong with JaVale McGee? I, I'm sorry. I didn't do nothing to him. Is Can this an accusation? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting to see what happens today because I feel like it's do or die for the Lakers, even though the Heat are the team in the uh, in the elimination position. It feels a lot like it mm-hmm. felt when LeBron came back on the Warriors when he was down three to one. And it was like, listen, if mm-hmm. you guys don't get game six, y'all don't want to see him in game seven. I'm telling you, this is what it feels like. I don't got that feeling because I don't have that feeling for the LeBron James. That- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because the Warriors don't have a LeBron James. They have a more complete team. Jimmy Butler has a better team, a more complete team, but Jimmy Butler is not just at that level of LeBron still, which his numbers aren't that far off. I tell everybody, Jimmy Butler is not a slouch. He's got to be in the top 10 players in the league. But the Lakers, will. it doesn't take a lot for them to fix what's broken with their system. And that's just LeBron and AD playing the 1-2 game and then throwing in a little Rajon Rondo, sprinkling a little Rondo here or there. KCP <laughs> throwing his little <laughs> I mean, the kid, you, you, left, you, you kept him for Brandon Ingram. Come on, man. We got to do better in the front office. Do you sound like that's personal for you? Um, I mean, we're in the front office. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Well, this is the thing. I feel like I feel like uh, KCP is actually playing well. Caruso is a non-factor. Um, Kuzma has spots where he plays well, but more spots where he looks like he's confused. Dwight Howard could be the real difference in the asset for the team, but he consistently makes brain-dead plays that don't make any sense. That six-point play that he that he basically executed for uh, the Heat by the flagrant foul, that was just all mental. It was a mental mistake. And then it kept him right. out of the game. Like he, It seemed like the coach lost faith on even playing him after that. That that foul was so unwarranted. I mean, it was, and I I had a couple of people tell me that you know he was going for the ball. He wasn't he going, was for, the ball, going for the ball. He, he, he's he's taking on the role of enforcer for an injury. He's, yeah, he's yeah. taking the Zaza Pachulia role. Seems like of enforcer where he wants to bang around, and he's a big dude, so he can bang around. I understand that. Yet at the same time, you got to play smart because they're looking for you to play the role of enforcer. The referees are, and they're going to make you pay for that. And it's consistent that they're making him pay for that in some way or the other. Now, they got away with it in one game, not that he did something dirty, but when Bam Adebayo ran into him, he got hurt and actually missed a couple games. Honestly, Laker Nation, you guys are lucky that it's not 3-2 Heat because the Heat could have stole game four. They gave that one away. He got away with it when he knocked down Bam Adebayo. He didn't, it didn't, you know, that that took him out for a couple games. Me personally, I feel like the Lakers could be down 3-2 because they were down 10 or 13 points in game four as well, and it seemed like the Heat couldn't get it done. Now you're seeing this kid, Kendrick Nunn, and these other kids that are that are ready. They seem like they're, they're gaining, the their, and he's gaining his confidence as such. And they say that the longer the series goes, there's a chance that Goran Dragic actually can come back and play. I don't know what he'll be able to give you with the you know broken bone in his foot, but we'll see. Nothing, nothing. nothing. <laughs> you decided to give you nothing. Drogic's coming back, dude. Everybody's every man. Man, you watch out. Drogic is looking for you. <laughs> like, man, what's Drogic going to do? <laughs> Limp around. I don't know. He looked good in the warmups when they showed him warming up. He looked good. He looked good. But we have a caller, a longtime contributor oh, yeah. to the Ozone, who, who wants to say his bit about the Lake Show and about college football. Good morning. Do it for the temper. 
What's happening? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> we already did our recap. <laughs> Tell us what you saw from them bum fakers. And then I want to hear about your college picks because back when you were next victim, you were able to make a lot of people a lot of money talking about NCAA football. Talk to me. Well, bum Lakers. I hate Laker fans. Let me get that straight. I'm a LeBron fan. LeBron is always going to make the right play. Should he take the last shot majority of the times? Yes. But when you got three dudes, double teams and triple teams handed on them, you are forced to make that right play. It's unfortunate that the Laker bums cannot hit those shots. Um, they got to be ready, man. Uh, going into the series, I knew, well, I called it that I was taking all the bets. Cats were saying, oh, they're going to get swept. Okay, give me that bet. Cats were saying, oh, they're going to lose their fives. Okay, give me that bet. Man, Jimmy Butler and these young kids, and they forget that the Heat is is a Pat Riley OG Lakers style offense or or basketball team. So they're not going to just go in there and just quit. Exactly. So it's it's not hitting the shots is unacceptable for Danny Green, who's a champion from with with Toronto with San Antonio. Caldwell Pope, he does just enough. He's not a person that's going to carry the team, but he does, he does just enough. I think going into the, the final, the fourth quarter, the last five minutes, I think the coaching is terrible uh, with Frank Vogel. I think it needs to be someone like maybe a, a Anthony Davis at the five. You can put LeBron at either the four. You can put Marquise at the, at the three or the four. We could put Rondo and also Caruso in. I think that's what because I need Rondo in the game as much as possible, and they and and for some reason Vogel doesn't seem like he believes when it gets late in games. I just don't understand. I don't even know if the Lakers get to the finals without Rondo. They look like a totally different team since he came back. I agree. It's like I'm like I've been trying to figure it out. It's like, damn, is Rondo on on minute restriction? Why are you taking this champion out? He's a champion. And he worked on his game, well, and you can see now he hits his jumpers and everything. Man, it's a major problem. So when Rondo gets a rebound, a defensive rebound, you can tell they're running. The Lakers are running a fast break. Cats are looking and running to get the ball. Yes. Fortunately, me being a LeBron fan, when he gets a, a rebound or somebody gets a rebound, LeBron got his hands out. Is and is walking the ball up the court so he can dribble for twenty two seconds. <laughs> so everybody this, on the offense get LeBron off the, the gotta get him off the ball. Is waiting. Yeah, but with Rondo, it it's a shot that they it, it's a chance they're going to get the ball and take a shot. They're cutting. They're doing everything possible. But with Bron, it's like okay, let me get out the way. So they watched the LeBron show. You watch it. I watched well, it happen. I'm so there was five minutes of basketball that's some of the best basketball I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> which was Jimmy Butler and LeBron James just trading buckets. It was incredible. And yet at the same time, what ends up happening is what ends up happening is is you look at a situation where these other guys get caught up watching that. And instead of watching that and then being prepared and figuring out how they fit in, they just watch it. And that's just that. They're just watching it. So then when it's their turn, I mean, that the pass with Marquise Morris is arguably even more unacceptable than Danny Green's short arm in the shot. Because Marquise Morris got the ball. No, we can't say that. I'm telling you, T, there's like nobody. There wasn't really anybody. Egregious. There was no pressure on Marquise Morris no, at all. Any pressure. No pressure. I agree. But, but Danny Green was wide. He open. threw the ball sharp out of bounds. But I'm talking about Danny Green being wide open on the line, ready to go. And you could see that he wasn't going to make key. the shot before he even took it from the top of the key, man. That's a wet ball. I'm, I mean, I, I, I got to hit that myself. Like, I got to hit that at the park. I don't even, I don't even, <laughs> I'm not even forget about the league. I got to hit that at the park. <laughs> I do. I got to hit that. I'm, hit I'm weak if I don't hit that at the park. If this is game point and I don't hit that at the park, I'm weak. But I call I call that shot. I call it what what Mark what, what the Morris twin did. That's a simple JR Golden State error. Go back up with the shot. 
go back up with well, this. He was in Japan. He's so scared. You got no time left on the clock. He's so scared that for him to take the last shot and it's not his shot that he literally threw the ball out of bounds. With by the way, LeBron James right. was wide open on that play. On the wing. And you busy trying to force it to AD who wasn't going to do nothing but fall down anyways. Can you address Man, Anthony Davis? How many times you have to fall down, but after <laughs> every time you fall down, you catch a tip dunk or you catch it's, an alley-oop. Come on. Talk to him. Do you better preach? It's a Sunday. Man. What's happening? This is me sick. Tap out. Nah, you're just going to take a possession off and just lay down for, for a whole possession. Right. I honestly think it's the coordination yeah, it, it, thing and the side I'm thing. I'm hoping it goes seven. I do too. I think he grew seven. too fast. He just can't. He it doesn't seem like he he has control over his body the way that he wants. I was saying I was saying that last week too. Like he still can't figure out his body that he may have grown too fast and just don't. Cause you falling too much, bro. You falling too if much. You keep falling like that. Each opponent is going to keep coming to you and keep giving you the chicken wing, keep giving you the little nudges for you to fall down. Now, when he gets enough under his sacks and, and pushes somebody back, then it's uh, – y'all played sports. Y'all know a coach. A coach will say that. Well, knock his ass back down. Right. Don't just keep taking these punches. Now you consider soft. Now, everybody in the league – Point guards, I, I bet you if Mosey Bowles was still playing, he can knock down AD. I wouldn't doubt it. Wow. The thing is, is it feels like it's a choice. That's the part that I can't get. It's not like he's getting knocked down. Like when he got hurt, when everybody thought his Achilles was popped, that had nothing to do with the basketball. That, that, that was just like him standing there. But then once again, he turned in a nice game. His numbers are nice. You talking about AD or Morris? Yeah, AD. Morris didn't turn into a good game. AD turned into a good game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that AD's numbers are a Decepticon. He's a transformer because he gives you numbers that if you watch the games, you can tell when a guy gives you the kind of numbers that are the dominant 30, a dominant 25, and his numbers – because he's on the ground so much, he can't actually help LeBron James when he's supposed to in that period where they need the bucket to cancel the series. That's supposed to be it. That's two-man game all day. The game is supposed to be over. Meanwhile, LeBron James is catching all this flack like he did something wrong, and he didn't do nothing to give you 40-13-7. and seven. He didn't take the last shot. With, with the whole team on him, with the entire arena guarding him. With the entire team sagging on him. Come on, man. And that's the he got that somebody wide open. Off, man. Do it for the tipper. I got a question for you. Do your job. Yes, sir. Have you ever, in the NBA, have you ever seen anybody who gets people more open more frequently than LeBron James? No. Yeah, I see. Not I, at all. No. I'm, being, I'm being serious because I first person that jumps in my mind is Shaquille O'Neal because Shaq got guys wide open. That's what I was going to say. Yep. But not even the diesel gets you open like like LeBron gets you open. The entire team collapses on LeBron at probably three different points of the game so that guys are wide open. You have to because otherwise he's bully ball to the basket and you can't stop him. No, I roll with you on that. And that he has he's a dominant ball handler handler. So everyone is going to either sag. They're running a zone. They're running a one-two-two on LeBron, right? And he kicks it. He makes the right play, but then the Laker Nation is is on his back for making for for him making the right play. Normally, I I've feel, mentioned that I said if this dude scores forty points and over, the Lakers will not win. LeBron mm. is not built that way. He needs to stay under thirty with the triple double in order for them to win. Mm. That's nice insight, and and that's. And that's Magic Johnson-esque because Magic always said that if he scored more than 20 points, then the chances of them were wasn't higher than winning. Right. So think about think about this last game. Ron was doing everything. He hitting the jumpers from threes. He's inside. He's out. He's doing everything possible. But once he got close to that 40, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, they not going to win. 
Hey, wow. When was the last time that we can say LeBron went for 42 or 45 or 50? He's not yeah. built that way. So that's what AD got to get his little to. soft tail <laughs> off the ground. And if he's not going to be scoring, at least be that presence. Right. AD's very effective on defense. But I disagree. Because if you have AD and LeBron guarding the, the rack, it's a problem. LeBron mid-range is, is a fall away. AD's mid-range is free right. throw extended and, and butter. But we know if you keep going to the rack and you're not getting these calls, LeBron's like, okay, um, let me let me shoot this jumper. Jumper was and the wet. jumper was but wet that, on I Friday. I saw so many bad calls. There was so many. But it's a, it's a whole so lot of work trying to play on one on five. Oh my goodness, it was sickening. So many flops that got rewarded. So again, well, good for Jeff Van Gundy. I sure hope the Clippers hired Jeff Van Gundy. They also came out with a report talking about how the Lakers got ripped off at the end of the game from a, several bad calls. No, I didn't see that report. No, this is after the fact. Yeah, and because they wanted the Lakers to win. So, and this is the part that pisses me off with the Lake with Laker Nation. Man, Friday they wore the Mamba jersey. I said, I said, I'm saying to myself, don't do it. They're not going to win. But they're like, oh, well, they've won, and everything. Every time that they won the Mamba jersey, they won. Okay, unfortunately, Kobe passed away on on win. Yeah, big O. We were yeah. on the phone on, when it happened on a Sunday. It's a Sunday. So now today. They gonna are they gonna win today? Then they can put it all, you know, on Kobe and LeBron and this and that. Yeah, fairy tale. I don't believe that. Let's talk about this college real quick. We gotta we gotta move fast on the Ozone because we got a lot to cover be- since we took seven months off. We went AD decided to lay down for a little while on several possessions. All right. Well, welcome back to college football. You know, y'all old heads remember <laughs> welcome back Carter. Well, let's welcome, welcome back, back to college football twenty twenty. Like we are in here, doing for the Tippers. Did it again. Went up uh, six out of seven yesterday. I went Duke over Syracuse. Big win for Duke. Duke is moving that ball, running the uh, and throwing the long ball. So they got the win. LSU. This was my big loss. LSU lost to uh, Missouri Tigers. We're gonna blame it on the last minute change of location. So this was a home game for LSU. At Missouri, tough game, but LSU is—they won a national champion um, last year. Uh, they just don't look the same this year. Um, Coach Ogeron, he got—he got some work to do. So LSU currently think have two losses in the SEC. They're not going to be in the Final Four for the national championship uh, tournament this year. I'm, I'm knocking them out. But you know who will be the number one Clemson <laughs> Dabo Tigers will. Clemson did it again over number seven, Miami. Good game. Miami is up and coming. You know, that's that old uh, MIA football, but they're going to be out of the top ten this week with uh, Clemson Clemson Tigers. My big upset. My big upset. I had a couple cats hit me. It was like, do it for the tipper. What should we do? I said, man, take Texas A&M over Florida. Texas A&M, I believe, was ranked number 11. Florida was ranked number three. I said take Texas A&M. Simple fact that they were playing at home. And it was like a real 100,000 uh, 100, fan base at the stadium. They, they, they do it COVID positive is how they do it. But this and, and, a and those picks are, are fantastic, I believe you. <laughs> that pick was well, that pick was positive. That pick, pick was positive. Positive K. But get that, though. What we got coming up this week? I'm not worried about what happened last week because can't nobody make any money off of that. What you got coming up this week? I ain't got nothing coming up for this week. Ah! I'm still high off, last, <laughs> off this past weekend. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to catch up and I can put it on the, on the, on the, on the, on the website. So or you guys can get at me at least by Tuesday and I have that information for you. To be All right, Danny Green, we'll catch you later. You keep living in the past on those championships. Staying in the world of basketball for one more minute. Uh, you know, you see that update that Mark Cuban provided on uh, former NBA player Delonte West. Clearly, Delonte he West. has mental problems. Yeah, he's had he's had mental problems for a while. They caught him riding a motorcycle Mad Max style with automatic weapons and blah, blah, blah. Most recently, some people saw him homeless on the side of the road talking to himself and holding up a sign for cash. 
And Mark Cuban made it, took it upon himself to go out and get him and to get him some help. And he's, uh, seems like he's fighting his demons in, in some sort of a rehabilitation camp and really wishing the best for the young man, because it's a, it's just unfortunate to see the mental health catastrophe that's going on across the country, but especially for somebody who had so many opportunities in his life, you know, it's really unfortunate. Right. Moving on. Where you want to go? You want you want to go on a diamond, or you want to fool around with some NFL football? Either way is good for me. I love them both. You sound you don't sound too excited about it. I need you to get fired up, and I know how to get you fired up. It's to talk about the Houston Astros, ladies and gentlemen. The Houston Astros are back in the American League Championship Series, and the icons has his hat. No trash cans. They're playing at Dodger Stadium, and they can still bang the baseball. And they're swinging a stick. What's everybody got to say? They're swinging a stick. They went out there and just completely dominated the Oakland A's. Sure did. Even though they gave up about six, seven runs a game, they put up about 10 runs a game, so they they, they swept right through them. No pitching, which is why I'm not actually optimistic. I'm I'm short on the on the Astros this year because the Tampa Bay Rays honestly look like the best team in baseball. I'm going to short the Astros for 500. <laughs> 500 shares? Nice. Because, mm-hmm. because they, uh, they, they they don't have pitching. They don't have that front line pitching that you need. And Tampa Bay has, like, uh, uh, the whole bullpen, the, the rotation. They, they just have horses. They're ready to go. Top I mean, to bottom. the problem that the Yankees ran into. Yeah. Sure is, because that Yankee team is pretty good. And they got shut down. They got completely shut yeah. down in, in the games that they All lost. Offense. And they found themselves playing a Tampa Bay Rays game in that elimination game in game five. A tight game late. That's what the Rays want. The Rays don't want to wallop a, a, a slug game, even though they can do that. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a tight game. No, and they don't want to have to come back or any no, of that. They just want it right there, tight, neck yeah. and neck. They're not trying to come back. Eric Cole came out and dealt. And they know that you have to break under the pressure for the simple fact is that they have dominating pitching. They, their pitches, everybody's everybody 6'7". Everybody, everybody throws 120 miles an hour. <laughs> everybody. It's like they have a type. It's like they physically have a type that they put out. And with them putting physically putting out that type, they want tall guys that throw fuzz. And they got them. Glass now's got fuzz. Blake Snell's got fuzz. Nick Anderson's got fuzz. This kid Castillo's got fuzz. Jose Alvarado's got fuzz. Everybody's got fuzz. Just forget about it. It's, it's We're the dirty slide piece. <laughs> Wipeout. So wipeout sliders going down left and right. And it's it's all bad. And I mean, that was a beautiful at bat that actually won them the game against Aroldis Champ uh, Chapman by Brousseau, especially when you sit and you say with the history that the teams had for the year. I mean, that was it. That was mano a mano, and he went yard. He timed up that cheese. I think it was an 11-pitch at bat, and you watch him getting closer and closer and closer, and he timed it up, and it, <laughs> you could watch it and say to yourself, Aroldis, don't go back with the cheese. Go with something else. And he went back with the cheese, and he ended up in the seats. Is, is Aroldis a low-key bust? No, he's got a championship, and he dealt. He's like a big reason they got the championship, so... It's it's hard to say, but he does give up the booty. This is two years in a row now. He's given up the big bomb to get the dot, the Yankees eliminated. Yeah, that's wow. That's a that's a real question. We got to ask the fans. Ozone is it Rawls Chapman a bust at this point for the Yankees? He was not a bust for yeah. the Cubs, but is he a bust for the Yankees? I think he's a two time champion. I think he he's a maybe he's a, just a one time champion. I don't think he got, got one, one with the Cubs and who else? Yeah, I don't think he got one with the Reds early. Uh, because yeah, he has because given up the booty. Altuve took him deep, dead center. You can't feel confident with him coming out the pen. You can't feel like he's lights out. Yeah. No way. He's just like he is on the video and Usually game. it's because he, he walks people. Throwing strikes. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Although he did come out throwing strikes Dude. because they brought him in in the seventh. He came out. He got the job done in the seventh. Then he gave up the booty in the eighth, and, you know, hey, what can you do? Well, baseball is rewarding like that. Brusso, after all that. All the skirmishes that they went through, he, uh, Aroldis had literally thrown at his head, and now he gets to get yeah. the payback. He sends Aroldis home. This is why it's the greatest game ever invented. This game is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Man. And now let's take it to those Dodgers. 
The Dodgers looking real. The Dodgers walked through your Padres. Talk to me, baby. T, let them know. They walked through the Padres. What happened? Padres wasn't ready. Uh, I think that kid Cronenworth, is a, he's got stick, but he he needs a lot of seasoning as far as, you know, he, there's a lot of small things that he, he does from a baseball perspective at that level that hurts you, and he and he did them all <laughs> in, in one series, and it, it hurt him a lot. They need they need this kid to mature really fast if they're going to go to the next level with him. But we can't put the whole series on him. They just didn't. They just didn't. You know, compete to, at the level that they needed to to beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers are very susceptible. I didn't see Cronenworth as the problem in this series. I saw Cronenworth making brain dead plays in the St. Louis series. I didn't see him as a problem in this series. In this series, the Padres couldn't convert when they had opportunities. And that was everybody. That was the big dogs. That wasn't right. just Cronenworth, the rookie. That was Tatis. I mean, outrageous, impossible, incredible play. Incredible play by Cody Bellinger. And everybody who listens to the Ozone knows that I'm very hard on Cody Bellinger. That sequence of him hitting a bomb and then stealing the bomb that honestly was the kind of home run that could change the whole series around from Fernando Tatis, because we've watched these guys in this strike-shortened season, or in this COVID-shortened season, rather, we've watched the Padres be momentum-based. And when they get on a roll, they're pretty much unstoppable. We just watched them do it last round to the Cardinals once they got their minds together. Tatis is there at Mm -hmm. the plate, fouls off a 100-mile-an-hour pitch from Gratterall. Gratterall comes back with the cheese, and Tatis Jr. is not impressed. And he went dead center big fly man that was a bomb and i mean that that was just a beautiful play very very kirby puckett-esque that one i felt like how he went and got that one you gave him some puckett little puckett ah yeah honestly because he got to the fence and then leapt it wasn't like uh like how the kid scales the wall and this any other he got to the fence and just went vertical which was crazy impressive yeah timed it yeah that was a bomb and that that was a bomb. And then, uh, and then you know, Bruce Argyderall lost it. <laughs> Threw his glove, blew Manny Machado a kiss. You know, and I love it. Let the kids play. Manny Machado, you can't be mad at that. And I love Manny Machado, but you can't be mad at that. You just pimped a home run off of Clayton Kershaw in a way that was like threw your bat directly in a violent way towards the dugout, yelling, blah, blah, blah. You can't be mad when they get you if you're going to play it that way. You can this America is how we do it. We get upset when it don't go our way. And you can be mad at the house because that's where he yeah. is. And forget about the other series. Ooh, love, they love know, but it was like I said though, if they didn't get if they didn't get Denison Lamette back or Mike Kellinger tried to pitch and got hurt, hopefully he didn't blow his arm out. If you couldn't get them back, they didn't really have a chance. But if they had their front line pitching, then they would be able to compete. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't they they did not. And they did not. And now we're looking at the real serious series. The fairy tale run is over for the Miami Marlins. Beautiful season. I think they have a lot to build on. And uh, Mattingly's got those guys playing the game, man. They 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 believe. And they made the right personnel moves to get their team together. They were just totally and completely overmatched by the Braves. And honestly, as a Dodger fan, I am very concerned with the Braves. The Braves have a very, very high-end dominant team that pretty much can get you any way that you want it. I am happy there's going to be a seven-game series because we're going to see who the better team is. In seven games, you find out who the better team is. And th- th- I want to know if uh, Bueller's blister holds up. I'm going to see. I didn't understand why Dustin May pitched such a short period, but you can't say anything when the coach makes a call that actually works out right. I think they're just trying to preserve the kid for the future more so than anything. And when it comes down to the Dodgers and the Braves, the Braves actually don't fear the Dodgers at all. And so with that, the Braves are going to be there and expecting to win. And that's big. You know, you have to have the confidence to believe that you're going to win. Right. And those young guys really believe it. Those young guys are, they, man, Acuna is as good as anybody in baseball. I would think that Walker Buehler would have a problem with them because he's a fastball pitcher and it's going to take more than cheese is just you they know hit for you to be yeah. successful against them. The whole team hits fastballs. <laughs> Get down! Ah, oh, baseball! I can't wait. I'm scared about the Braves. I told you guys earlier. I thought the Braves were coming out of the National League, but my heart is with the Dodgers. Uh, I like the Rays in the series against the Astros. Moving on to the NFL. 
I'm in two fantasy leagues that I'm not doing well in. One of them because I got an auto draft. The other one because I overpaid for Julio Jones, who never plays. And I have a feeling that he never plays because they don't want to actually give him the football. Um, the Falcons are the worst organization in football. <laughs> it's happy to see that it's no longer the Raiders, even though I'm not a Raiders fan anymore. Uh, wow, you think? Huh? I think it's the Raiders still. Come on, man. The Falcons are, this is clear. Don't don't play yourself. The Falcons that blow lead after lead. Of the, no, it's not clear because the, actually the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys are the worst are the worst organization in football. You th- worse than the Falcons. Wow, that's saying a lot. Come on, man. Well, let's hear what our resident football expert Trucker Dave has to say about it. What it do? What it do, man? What's going on? What it do? What it do? Well, right outside of Nashville. Uh, I do know that the facilities is shut down, <laughs> and uh, it's the same thing is happening in, in New England. Yes, yeah, so I think the NFL in really a couple of months really? ago, I was wondering before the season because the NFL act like COVID didn't even exist. They were talking about contracts and you know going about the season. Basketball did it the right way and just had a bubble, and the NFL is loose with the restrictions. They paying the price. Paying the price, got fans at the game. Got to let the fans know who we're talking to right now because the icon seems to just take it for granted. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Trucker Dave. <laughs> Trucker Dave outside of Nashville with the hey, across America with the close <laughs> I didn't take it for granted. And Tyreek Hill has just gotten to the house, so right ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> off of a bomb from Pat Mahomes that it, I think is going to get called back. And holding. It's just mind-blowing to me that they're having thousands of fans at the game. I don't know what Governor Abbott is doing out there in Texas because they're talking about now at that Globe Life for the Major League Baseball playoffs. Oh, that's a tough call. At the Globe Life for the Major League Baseball playoffs, they're going to have fans at the World Series now, they're saying. And just yesterday, the United States set a record uh, over the past 60 days for the most new cases. This is outrageous. 60,000 cases, and we're worried about having fans in football stadiums. What is going on? Wow. Well, they got delayed too. You know that Denver and New England game got delayed, and uh, you know Belichick had about five or six of his defensive players that opted out for the year. And you can see, you know, with good reason now. I mean, this outbreak may very well just shut down the season. That's what they're saying. I heard rumors that they're talking about putting it on pause for one to two weeks league wide to try to get things back together. And I'm, I, it's going to be that very be interesting to see. It would be the smart move, but it seems like just it, if you believe that COVID is a hoax or if you don't believe in wearing a mask, you also don't believe in any sort of delay that's for the greater good. And, I, you know, it's nice to have sports back. Thus, we have the Ozone back. But it's also very bizarre to watch this scenario play out. Uh, hockey did a good job. Hockey did a really good job. Shout out to Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa won them one. Maybe it's Tampa's year. Just like everybody thought it was uh, L.A.'s year because you now got the, the Lakers and the, and the uh, Dodgers in the playoffs potentially. But Tampa already chalked them one up. <laughs> Tell me what you think in the NFL – it was ACL Sunday a couple weeks ago. Now, Trucker Dave, we're seeing guys torn up left and right on top of the COVID situation. How can you handicap a season right. like this? Like, how can you say what's going on? It just seems obvious which teams are bad. You know that Houston is bad. You know that, they, you know, they, they, they really stand certain out. Certain teams, are, they, they stand out. What is that? Dallas. What is that? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, training camp. You know, the guys can't just have a regular training camp and it's kind of like just going out and playing a sport or doing some kind of exercise and you don't stretch. And what do you expect to happen? And that's what you see happening to big stars. And everybody seems like is getting hurt or is either hobbled around. LeBron James, speaking of, is the only athlete I can ever remember in my lifetime <laughs> besides Barry Sanders. never... That never got hurt. It's unreal. It's un- unreal. 20 years of absolute dominance and you never yeah. get a major injury? Yeah. You can, you can, you know, fall on his ankle. His, his pull growing last year was his biggest yeah, injury. Look at it. Like we, I was telling you the other day. I mean, Anthony Davis is the new Juan Gonzalez. Like, man, you, you wake up and 
And there it goes. You, you just own the DL, huh? What happened, man? Man, your balls is brittle. Like, man, any little thing, and he's hurt. He's hurt. Like, again? What's your best? My thing is, is at least with Derrick Rose, you could see where he was getting hurt. You can see the plays, the cut, the this, that, and the other. It, AD right. just gets hurt. I just can't understand it. The, the ball is not even on his side of the court, and he gets hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. What is going on? He's right. hurt, man. So some people, I, you've never seen somebody like LeBron James. I mean, as far as being complete, the guy is complete, man. And it's unbelievable. $1 million dollars a year that he spends is the best million that you've seen spent in professional sports. Yeah, and I don't million that they say he spends to like maintain he, his right. body. Yeah, the guys are beating. No, his workouts are insane. If you if you if you don't know about it, go on YouTube and check out LeBron James workouts. Yeah, check the out guy the, is a machine. He's a machine, a real machine. Yeah, you can Google that. And he can't get any help. And now, what do you feel about what do you feel about Tommy Terrific down in Tampa Bay? I just think that you know he's got a three to one touchdown in I mean uh, ratio, which is good for his age. But I would just play him like they play LeBron for pass. I would just play him for checkdown. Everything is checked down. Make, I mean, he went up top against the Chargers, but for the most part, he's behind on the receivers. Everything with him is timing. If you look at some of the players that he played with, a couple of them that went up to play with Russell Wilson couldn't play with Tom Brady. Cam comes in, a couple of the players that couldn't, the rookie, uh, the receiver, couldn't play with Brady. He's doing good with Cam. Everything with Tom Brady is timing. He can't, he's not mobile. I really just think that, you know, it's just time for him just to respectfully walk away from the game. It's, it's nothing that, you know, everybody, father time with everybody. Why don't you just respectfully walk away from the game? He lost track of downs in the Bears game. He thought it was third down and was fourth down when he threw behind the receiver. He sure did. And they tried to act like it was, uh, yeah. they tried to act like it, it wasn't that. They yeah. were trying to make excuses. Yeah, he's got all the weapons. What is it now? I mean, he's got a respectable... He's got respectable numbers, but you know his. It looks like his his timing's off, and he, his he's slower than what you know he he can't he doesn't he's like us two steps behind as far as reacting. And I think that eventually, you know, the hits that he's taking right now because he's been taking some hits on Tampa Bay that they're going to catch up to him. Very possible. Yeah. Very very possible. Rodgers is on fire, man. Taking hits over the. Over 20 years. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Rodgers, man. They, everybody's speaking about it like uh, <laughs> like he's entering the MVP race. The disrespect to Russell Wilson is just mind-blowing to me. It's constant. It's been ever since he entered the league. The guy, if you watch the games, Russell Wilson is clearly the best football player on yeah, planet Yeah, he Earth. is. It's not, not even close. This is clear. Yeah. This is clear. It's not even close. It's not quarterback. It's the best yeah, football player. Best no, he's football the best player. football player. In yeah, without a line. I agree. And everything. Now, I thought that's where Pete Carroll messed it's, up because I thought he should have went after Leonard Fournette. I thought, you know, the, you got Carsons, and I thought Leonard mm. Fournette uh, in uh, Seattle style would have been perfect. It would have been right. perfect. But Russell Wilson makes everybody better, and that's the definition of the MVP. Even though he doesn't get it, that's the definition of it. Well, Leonard Fournette literally is like Anthony Davis. And there's almost a LeBron James component to Russell Wilson's game in the sense that people stand around and watch. Yeah, they stand around and watch. You know, it's like, and including Pete Carroll. You stand around and watch the Russell Wilson show. And well, next that's thing a, you know, that's by design with Pete Carroll. Your job. Look at Russell Wilson's, uh, he, he's all pumped up before the game. You know what they say, 80% attitude, 20% skill. His attitude is so positive, it rubs off on everybody. And you can see it's infectious. And that guy's on fire inside, man. And Right. He's, even even when TK Metcalf made the mistake, uh, you know, when he let the ball get punched out and that would have been that long touchdown, that would have actually been his sixth of the day. He just went right back to him on the bench and said, Hey, don't worry, I'm coming right. back to you. He's so he's got so much positive energy and it's you know, it breathes out to the whole team. Sure it does. He doesn't chew him out. He doesn't right. he'd say, Hey, you learned your yep. lesson? All right, let's get back at it. It's pretty impressive, man. The guy overall, you just He's another guy that's really hard to, to critique because, by and large, he the does the right thing. only guy that really has a winning record against Belichick. He dictates to Belichick what's going to happen. Belichick doesn't dictate to him what's going to happen. And that's rare. Yeah, probably, probably the, only, the guy. only guy, right? So now, 
We were having a conversation. Who's the worst organization, the Atlanta Falcons or the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, you know, both of I think it's the Atlanta Falcons because you see the problem, you know, with Matt Ryan. <laughs> you see he's not serious. And you see he's, for some reason, you got Julio Jones, like a Shaquille O'Neal receiver, and the only one in the league. And you can't find a way to use him to abuse other teams. You give up big leads. You just never learn from the past. So I had to say it's the Atlanta Falcons. You never learn from the past. They never learn from their mistakes. They just keep running it back. But everything that you're saying is what the Dallas Cowboys do. And the owner and the owner runs the team. You're right. Which is you're the right. number I one no no. But Atlanta's track record. Well, you you might be right because Atlanta did get to the Super Bowl. But Dallas <laughs> Dallas have to to me have to realize that they're not all of the hype. They're not. And they're it, just and, hey. They're okay. They're not great. They're just a regular team. Yeah, they're just a regular NFL team. And they, there's so much hype around them. And they have Ezekiel Elliott, who is not just regular. You have D- Dak Prescott compared to Matt Ryan. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott compared to Todd Gurley. Well, with that, in the offensive line that Dallas has, Dallas should be the team and the organization that's dominant. And they I, what do they have one win? I mean, and they give up a close to 30 or 40 points a game now? There's something great. Yeah, I mean, you could look at what they lost in the offseason, and you can tell that they weren't really serious. And with the injuries, uh, Vanderish, their linebacker, was injured. Then you got this guy who's supposed to be the best left tackle in football, Tyrod Taylor. What good is it if you're always hurt? Now he's out for the year. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's underachieving. When's the last time he got a 100-yard game? Like, come on, it's no excuse. You got Dak, who's a stack monster now, right? Because he's trying to get a big contract. So everybody's looks like they're just like kind of like how Charles Barkley referred to Boston. It's like, okay, I'm gonna take a turn to shoot. Now you take a turn. Like they wasn't playing as a team, and that's what I see in Dallas. Right. <laughs> right. You guys both gave me the Tyrod Taylor, Tyron Smith, I mean, Tyron Smith. But the, either way it goes, both organizations, both organizations are terrible. To just bad work, and it's got to be tough to be their fans, especially because they allow people at the stadium to get COVID while you're looking at some bad football. <laughs> I just I can't understand it. Well, they take it like Man. it's it's you know it's everybody's imagination. The numbers are fixed, whatever. It's still here. I can tell you, it's not going away. It's still here. It's not going away. Just like the Cowboys and the Falcons' troubles. Uh-uh. Just like Pat Mahomes, apparently. Man, I, I can't say enough about this kid. But all right, Trucker Dave, just want to check in with you, let you know we're back. Happy to have you back live on the Ozone and, and on the roads of America. On the road again. You be careful out there. <laughs> Make sure that you get out there, register to vote, and keep that uh keep that lively positive attitude up and keep your eyes on the NFL. My homeboy Kalechi Osemily just got hurt, which is unfortunate. I'm watching hey, right now. Every injury Man. is unfortunate. That's a big dude, man. Yeah. Part of the game. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, now we'll check in with you sooner than later. Probably check in with you after the Tuesday game, which is crazy. You got the only upside of COVID, I guess, is that you got so many sports. You got NFL popping on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. It's pretty much a seven-day yeah, league now. Tonight, we're going to see what happens with the Lakers. <laughs> so, that's the luck to them. Who you got tonight? I'm pre- I'm thinking that people are underestimating this Miami team. I would just love to see LeBron get this ring because he deserves it. But uh, if they go to Game Seven, uh, it's a toss-up. I hope the Lakers win them, close them out tonight. Talk. All right, Charker Dave. We'll catch you sooner than later. All righty. Bye bye. Peace. So, you know, one thing I wanted to address: they're trying to make the ratings for basketball, for football, blah blah blah, down. And there's a right wing. Uh, theory that it's down because of social activism and whatnot and i just want to blast that off the top first and foremost if you take the aggregate of all the fans who are watching all of the sports that are on simultaneously i wouldn't be surprised if the numbers are actually higher we've never been in a position where everybody's watching everything at the same time so of course the eyeballs are scattered you have to make a decision and a lot of my friends who gamble on sports you got to make a decision whether or not to watch the dodgers or the Lakers, uh, or Serena Williams play simultaneously. Of course you're going to split the viewership. 
And I don't know why it has to be, why you have to try to make it into a political issue when there's nothing close. I mean, just because these guys are speaking up for something that they have the right to do doesn't mean that it's going, people are going to turn, turn their eyes off of it. I mean, literally, you watch the game because you enjoy the athletes and their skill set. But if they have something to say, I'm also interested in hearing that. That's why you guys have them sell Gatorade and all the other products because we listen to them. And now since it's not what you want them to say, it, we're saying don't pay attention to it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there. Another thing that's happened uh, while we were on the air, just before we got on the air, is Rafael Nadal won his, I think, 13th French Open dominating Novak Djokovic in a way that I haven't seen Novak Djokovic dominated in probably about four <laughs> years. He years. bageled Novak Djokovic yeah. in the first set. That's unreal. 6 or maybe 7-5. And that ties him with the great Roger Federer for singles titles for men all time. These guys are great, and they're going to stay great. 20 grand slams? 20. 20, 20 singles titles. This is yeah. craziness. And so... uh yeah, I mean, man. And if you watched it, if you watched it, the whole tournament, he was dominant. He lost in a clay tournament, the the warm up for Roland Garros, which is Rome, and he lost to Diego Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. He promptly went and had a rematch and destroyed Diego Schwartzman on Friday. It gave him um, through straight sets. I don't think he ba- he might have bageled him one set. I don't know if he dropped a set this tournament. I wonder. I need to check that out. But congrats to Rafa. Really nice guy. Every time we see him, he's always really positive with us. Well, we got a lot more to cover, but we're going to have to come at you more frequently uh, because there's just too much to cover. There's too many sports, folks. It's too much news all the time. You got anything else you want to add? On a crispy Sunday morning? Not right now. Let's watch some games and get them some more later on this week on the Ozone. All right. Well, we're going to leave you with a quote uh, from Mr. Bernie Siegel and say, Love and peace of mind do protect us. They allow us to overcome the problems that life hands us. They teach us to survive, to live now, to have the courage to confront each day. Love and protect each other, folks. We're in a crazy, crazy year. We feel like we're in the twilight zone, not the ozone. But you can count on us for some sports talk and some hefty laughs. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is the delayed version of the ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.